0: Oh gosh, my voice cracked there. (laughs) Should we keep that? Let's keep that. Yeah, I think we should. (laughs) Okay. Hey, mm, mm, mm. it's dry in Colorado, everybody. Here we go. (laughs) Hey, welcome to your old soul. Speedy, the old phrase of the day is hoke. Hoke. Plenty of hoke, which is a lyric in the song Make Him Laugh, which... Relates to our topic today, which is the 70th anniversary of what many consider the greatest musical of all time, *Singing in the Rain*, and I have borrowed that phrase, "plenty of hoke," because Donald O'Connor sings, "My grandpa said, go out and tell him a joke, but give it plenty of hoke."
1: Oh yes, see this one, Danny. Actually, I I say the word "hokey" in my real life. Oh, that's so,
0: interesting. Yeah. Oh, is that where "hokey" came from? I didn't do the math on that.
1: Oh yeah, so I mean. I, I actually have not. I, I'm assuming Hoke and Hokey are are one and the same. Hokey it is kind of like a campy,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: campy sort of sense of humor type definition.
0: Yeah, I mean, is you that right? Know, like, every definition I found was like I was like, well, that's a, that's a little like too textbook to explain Hoke, but it's basically like well, I'll read you the definition according to Google or wherever Google gets their definitions from, but it says like, uh, acting in. Insincere, sentimental, or melodramatic manner. Quote: mm-hmm. "Just try it straight. Don't hoke it up." Um, so yeah, it's basically like being a little dramatic, having fun with it because he's telling a joke. So he's giving it hoke.
1: Giving it hoke, plenty, plenty of hoke. hoke.
0: Now I was I was very determined to make our old phrases of the day come from Sing in the Rain." So I'm gonna tell you what was in second place for the the phrases I was choosing between.
1: Oh yes, please.
0: There's also a phrase that Gene uh, Hagen says, aka Lena Lamont. Um, when she's trying to speak to the crowd at the end of the movie to finally have her voice be heard normally by the audiences and she says if we bring a little joy into your humdrum lives (laughs) (laughs) so I was going to make it humdrum lives which means lacking excitement or variety, dull monotonous and I just it kind of, I think you would understand it, it reminded me of a lot of like stand up comics since I do stand-up, I relate to this, but like you, you would know this when we were on, doing improv together, when people try to get people to come to their comedy shows, and they're like, if you need a laugh today, <laughs> you know, if you're, having, if you're having a dull day, I'm having a comedy show at this very small bar. Right,
1: <laughs> right. this is my gift to the world to give mm-hmm. to you. I do it for you, you not because I
0: want to make a lot of money to make people laugh, because I want to make people laugh. <laughs> um, but that's when, when she says if we bring a little joy into your humdrum Drum lives. lives I was like Gene Hagen has a tight five doing a night
1: that's yet another word that I do actually use but yeah, they're both might easy. also sorry. oh no but it's okay because also I watched this movie as a kid so perhaps these seeped into my vocabulary from this movie who's to say
0: chicken of the egg
1: ooh Uh, Ronald and McDonald. Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be interesting because I feel like you and I both watched this movie a lot growing up. And I don't know for you, but for me, I was revisiting it for the first time in a bit. And I was like, oh, I never picked up on some of these things, how uh, weirdly made this movie is. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I want to start here with Singing in the Rain. Rain in Los Angeles.
1: (gasps) Le Gasp
0: either this is proof that climate change is real or this movie is a sci-fi. Because a- <laughs> I don't remember there being a lot of rain in Los Angeles anytime I visited, and I think based on how I've seen people drive when it suddenly starts to rain for the first time in three years, Gene Kelly would have been hit by a car within 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We should have been hearing <laughs> tires screeching all around. Yeah. Ah, it's rain! Where is it coming from? <laughs>
0: We should have listened to Moses. One of the plagues is here. Rain. I just like it's. They're just like, yeah, it's raining in Los Angeles. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyway. That's normal. That's normal. Yeah. You know what? That that is that is a wonderful point, which I can now appreciate now that I do live here. Um, I'd like to interpret it as um, since he should be screaming and and setting everything on, on fire in town. <laughs> the fact that he has chosen to be so so happy about it. The point is just emphasized. What yes, a the, what a happy man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this man's going crazy. Um, okay, so I wanna start here with Stain in the Rain. Uh, I'm gonna read everybody, the American Film Institute's, AFI's, top five musicals as of 2006 when they released their list of the best musicals. All right. Number five, Cabaret. Number four, Sound of Music. Number three, Wizard of Oz. Number two, West Side Story. And number one, Singing in the Rain.
1: No way.
0: Now I'm going to read you its top five movies, which they released in 2007. It's a much bigger list, but I'm going to give you their top six.
1: Okay.
0: Number one. Number one overall, Citizen Kane. Number two, The Godfather. (laughs) Okay. Number three, Casablanca, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Number four, Raging Bull. Number five, Singing in the Rain. Number six, Gone with the Wind.
1: Above so, Gone with the Wind. Like above
0: Gone with the Wind. So here's what I'm going to say. Singing in the Rain is my favorite musical, movie musical ever. I've definitely seen it the most times. But I could not explain to somebody why it is so loved.
1: <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Oh, yeah. You know what, Danny? It's it's really funny because after I did my rewatch, which, again, was after a long time of having not seen it, I got to experience it pretty, pretty freshly And I I spent a lot of time thinking about exactly that and going, huh, what is it about this? Because really, when you think about it, like we all know the plot, it's a very simple plot. But so much of the movie isn't even surrounding it. There's tons of dance numbers that have nothing to do (laughs) with what the movie even is. (laughs) You know, so
0: I just yeah, I guess like I understand because it's my favorite. And, you know, everyone understands, like, when well, something is your favorite, that doesn't mean you're saying it's the best. That means right. you're saying it, it connects with you the most. But yeah. I'm fully willing to say that West Side Story and Wizard of Oz and Sound of Music are all better than Singing in the Rain. I'm okay yeah. saying that. In reality, <laughs> Singin' in the Rain only has, like, three famous songs from it, really. Like, I, I just yeah. it's very confusing that it's so lauded, even though I love it, so I guess I could understand it. But I don't understand it.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, the the one thing that I was I was reflecting deeply on Danny. You pondered. Is, I pondered, pondered. Is just that every song is so filled with joy, um, mm. and and really e- even plot wise, there's only one second of conflict where Debbie Reynolds cries for a moment. But other than that, everything is a romp. This whole, the whole song "Singing in the Rain" itself is about just being joyful make them laugh Is being, hey, be joyful, don't be sad, um, good morning. They, <laughs> they stayed up all night. Have you ever felt perky after an all-nighter? But they're like, it's college. great. Da-da, da-da. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is such a great point, and I think, I think you've actually hit it. I'm glad that we talked about it because it was bothering me, and I think you hit it because like the, the top four that I just read there, so your choice is between musicals, which is usually like these are not operas. These are supposed to be the happy fun time experiences. They're supposed right. to be whimsical, peak fantasy, Hollywood magic at its apex. So it's either uh sound of the Mu- sound of music. So it's either Nazis.
1: Nazis. West Side yes. Story.
0: So gang violence. So Nazis, gang violence. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, uh, which is like the creepiest second half of a movie I've ever seen. The first forty five minutes, unassailable. Rest of the movie, terrifying. So oh, yeah. it's
1: <laughs> oh, and also, I mean, to me, the tornado scene is, is legitimately terrifying. Also,
0: yes, and you're from the yeah. Midwest, so that's probably doubly scary. So. Doubly scary, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so you have uh, Nazis, gang violence, a terrifying fantasy of a witch harassing a, a poor minor and her dog. <laughs> or, just like, you have Debbie Reynolds, who fills everyone with joy, Donald O'Connor, who fills everyone with joy, Gene Hagan who's hilarious, and Gene Kelly, who's maybe the biggest musical star ever, not named Fred Astaire, all just kind of tap dancing for a while in a yes. completely nonsensical plot. Well, I, oh, I guess yeah. that's why we love this movie, because it, it encapsulates the spirit of musicals.
1: Oh, totally. And not to mention completely random, out of the blue, but breathtakingly beautiful dance number with dancing legend Sid Charisse <laughs> at the end for no reason. <laughs> and then it just goes away. It, I mean, you almost forget that it's in the movie, because it has nothing to do with anything. But so
0: <laughs> we we need to get to that, and I'm glad you brought <laughs> up that uh, citrus is the the woman in the green dress, everyone. Um, and can you hear the jackhammer outside my apartment right now? Can you hear it? I cannot. All right. Good. Can you uh, hear this one
1: blanket rustling over my head for soundproofing purposes?
0: Yes, Speedy, uh, who I'm pretty sure lives <laughs> in the L.A. airport, uh, just decided to put a blanket overhead, and we appreciate that because that is like a thing people do when they're recording their voice. Um. So this movie came about because this guy, this lyricist at MGM named Arthur Freed, had seen MGM do it a couple times where they would make a movie based on somebody's catalog. Like they did An American in Paris, which is all of Gershwin's music, even though he was already dead by that point. So now I have a hot take that we'll get to later that this movie might be one of the reasons we have things like Mamma Mia. They're like, hey, let's make someone's whole catalog into a movie. Um, but so he wanted to do that too with all of his stuff at MGM so with the exception of Moses supposes and kind of but not really make him laugh and we'll get to that none of the movie's songs are original they've all been released by MGM before and they have put them all into this movie and since you mentioned the Broadway ballet scene the moment they're like gotta dance yeah when that comes into the movie you're like okay now it's forced guys you had you had hooked me you made me believe it'd be raining in los angeles and then no <laughs> one would go crazy and i believe that that they were silent film stars um but come on guys why are we in broadway for 10 minutes by the way actually let me read this you, speedy because i i read this i don't know if this is true but i read this on imdb their little oh, trivia yeah. thing um that scene took a month to rehearse two weeks to shoot and cost <laughs> $600,000, which is a fifth of the overall budget.
1: Oh, my gosh. They went all out
0: for a scene that if I had my choice, I would cut it from the movie. Right. It makes no sense that it's in the movie at all.
1: It makes it zero sense. I mean, it, and it's a huge, beautiful stage. Like, it looks great. But I kind of wish that they would just uplift it and put it in another movie, like The Bandwagon or something. I feel like it would be more <laughs> at home there.
0: So just, my favorite... Part of that is when they, they, he says, Let me explain to you what I'm visualizing for the last number in the movie. And then they go to this <laughs> imaginary thing where he's acting out this scene for 10 minutes. And then they come back, and the film executive says, I'm having trouble visualizing it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just have to see it. It's like, We did. Don't include it. The movie is about a dancing cavalier. Why is there Broadway? I. Did I miss something about the plot? Why does the Cavalier movie of Broadway?
1: Right. I I don't I don't know, Danny. I had the same thought <laughs> and I went, wait, did I not connect some dots here? And then I said, you know what? No, it's okay. Gene Kelly with a with a suitcase trotting around. It's okay.
0: <laughs> because we get more. We get more Gene Kelly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so like I said, most of the songs in this movie are not original. Sing in the Rain which was written by that guy, Arthur Freed, had come out in 1929. I had read that it had been in like seven MGM movies by the time it got to this one. So
1: I actually didn't know read. that.
0: Huh. Oh, well, Speedy, don't worry. I read way too many articles before doing this podcast, so I have many <laughs> things. So um, the only like true original song from this movie is Moses Supposes, which is very disappointing because I really hoped that MGM just had a tongue twister song in their catalog that they got to pull out for this movie.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, does that even count as a song? Really, that just sounds like a vocal warm up before the real songs. In it, fact, I've used it as a vocal warm up in theater.
0: Oh, have you really? Because I I oh, wrote yeah. it down to see if we, because it says Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously Moses as he knows his toes aren't roses as Moses supposes his toes is to be. Um, is toes is a word?
1: No, Thank it's an you. abomination
0: okay because uh (laughs) we're recording this while i'm staring at my bachelor in journalism hanging on the wall and i don't remember learning doses in ap style
1: no and i am looking at your degree hanging on the wall via the mirror behind you so i too am am weeping over your degree (laughs) and you see my cat
0: my cat she's always hanging out during the podcast because this is usually when she sleeps even though I'm recording a podcast next door and there was a jackhammer outside, Pepper is sound asleep. Because <laughs> this is the time. Um, so, However, so then the other song that's kind of original, but I don't think it should be considered original, is Make em Laugh, which is probably my dad's like fave song that we love to sing, you know? I feel like, if you like comedy, this that song is an anthem.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I also feel, um, no one could do it better than Donald O'Connor I mean I almost can't want to sing it myself because he's just so good <laughs> I think I read a
0: thing where like there was some contractual thing where they weren't gonna pay him just yet but he held out. was like no you're gonna pay me cause like who else could have done this song but Donald O'Connor like he never had leverage yeah. over MGM except for this one time where they are like I don't know if anyone else can do a backflip. so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah or we take, need to do something like that. Okay, do, you, do you know, I, I should have looked it up, how many takes that he had to do for that because he did end up in the hospital.
0: Right. So that's, that's a big legend that uh, he wound up in the hospital because he had to figure out how to do a backflip off the wall and also get hit in the head a bunch of times, do all these things. Um, I'm going to read a quote from him. He said, I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day then, and getting up those walls was murder. They had to bank one wall so I could make it up and then another wall. We filmed that whole sequence in one day. We did it on a concrete floor. My body just had to absorb this tremendous shock. Things were building in such a crescendo that I thought I'd have to commit suicide for the ending. <gasps> I, I came back on the set three days later. Gene Kelly applauded me, told me it was a great number. and then said, do you think you could do that number again? because the lens was like fogged or something the camera had fogged
1: get out
0: so that but then I also read an interview with him many years later with Roger Ebert where Roger Ebert was like is this all true and Donald O'Connor said yeah they made that up so I never know what's real anymore but I'm but I think I think it's true I think because then he kind of goes in this like rant about uh, scheduling conflicts so maybe he just didn't understand the question because I think he was in the hospital and we'll get to other things. All three of them had different ailments during the movie. We'll get to them.
1: Oh, yes, they did. Um, yeah, but I, I would also tend to believe that something horrible happened to him from doing that because trying to do that. It looks painful. Like, yeah, It looks really painful. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's
0: a rare time where you're like, "That's him." Like you know, that's not a stunt double. Like, you're watching him get hit in the head, and you're watching him doing a backflip.
1: Oh, for sure. It's all, I mean, there, I think there's one or two cuts in there, but for the most part, it's just one big running take, and it all is him emoting. So, he's getting hit in the face and falling on the ground, but also mugging to the camera, like,
0: oh. Yeah, he, is he, I feel like Technicolor is like the movie version of vinyl, where like everything <laughs> pops more, and like Donald O'Connor's eyes are so blue. Yes, it's like, what dreamy eyes? Like, I feel like, I don't know if this is appropriate, but we're going for it. Would you take Cosmo Brown over Don Lockwood?
1: Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah,
0: I, I was like, you know, I think I would, I don't know why he's like the sidekick. I would much rather have Cosmo Brown
1: Oh yeah. as my lover. He's, he's so charismatic and, and yeah, truly. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. I would say underutilized in this film
0: so that's the thing i feel like because gene kelly is so famous and the star and he's on the poster and he's the draw but i'm really watching for the other three yeah like debbie reynolds gene hagan and donald o'connor are all the three best parts of this movie but maybe that speaks to gene kelly as a star that he can let everyone else shine he's also co-directing the movie so he's kind of busy um but donald o'connor I think he won a Golden Globe for this but didn't get nominated for an Oscar. We'll get to the Oscar nominations. This is like the most famous example I could think of a movie. Maybe it's, I guess Citizen Kane the other one. Just completely ignored at the Oscars. Man. But to backtrack on Make em Laugh, it was basically ripped off. It's wildly accepted now that it was stolen from this song called Be a Clown. From this movie called The Pirate. Yeah, The Pirate's one of my favorite
1: movies oh, ever, you're a pirate Danny. person? So wait, I'm a hold pirate on. person. And, and every time I watch this movie, this. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and it's so, Gene Kelly in Be a Clown yes. as well.
0: So <laughs> wait, did you watch this after seeing Pirate and go, wait a minute, when you were like nine?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the See, I've pirate... never met
0: anyone who actually did this, who actually had this reaction authentically. Oh, you always so... read about it later.
1: That's so funny. Oh, Authentically, oh, yeah, because, I mean, me and my sister would watch The Pirate on repeat for years. This is a movie I can quote in my sleep, and Be a Clown is the big, big ending number. So So
0: wait, hold on. Yeah. I have many questions now. I'm interviewing <laughs> you now. So had you read about this, or you just always felt this way, and I'm just now informing you you were right?
1: I have always felt this way, and you are just now informing me that I'm right. It's the exact Are you same kidding me? No, for real. It's the oh exa- my same melody, and it's always bothered me. And, and you've never Googled the- it? <laughs> no, I've just been like, hey, why'd they take that song? It's the finale of the pirate. Why would they repurpose it like
0: this? This, <laughs> honestly, like, you must feel like Luke Skywalker right now. Like, I spent my whole childhood thinking I knew more than I really did. I felt certain things. <laughs> the force and then suddenly I was confirmed that I was the most powerful Jedi of the entire universe like you were like I'm pretty sure like the second most famous song for the most famous musical ever is a complete knockoff yeah, I guess. <laughs> nobody told you
1: yeah well see, here's I mean if I could dig deeper into my childlike thought processes I also grew up listening to a lot of blues music and a lot of blues music repurposes the same melodies and mm-hmm. so I think also as a kid, I didn't think to look into, you know, plagiarism because I was like, okay, maybe in the music world there is some legal justification for taking literally the exact same melody and concept and packing it a little differently.
0: <laughs> you were you like, know? Led Zeppelin ripping off muddy waters, MGM <laughs> borrowing its songs. What's the yeah. difference?
1: And it's MGM, you know, they own it. So I'm like, okay, I guess they can do that.
0: (laughs) Well, let's play it for everybody. Um, I'm going to play a couple snippets from the song, Be a Clown, which is in this movie called The Pirate that came out in the early 40s that I cannot believe Speedy was just, or I guess it just came out in the 40s. I wouldn't say early, but Speedy's been holding on to this her whole life.
1: I have been holding. I've never had a reason to talk about this, Danny. This is wow Well, I'm glad we moment. could do
0: this podcast. It's why we're here. It's <laughs> for old souls who <laughs> want to talk about stuff that's old and is not really being talked about. Okay. Let me play the story, buddy. Let me rewind. <laughs> Make 'em laugh, be a Make clown.
1: Yeah. All the wow. world loves a clown. So
0: that now, song was written by Cole Porter, but there's a story that uh, Irving Berlin, another famous composer from the time, was on set one day and he heard the playback of "Make 'em Laugh" and started on commenting on how much it sounded like "Be a Clown." And at that moment, Arthur Freed quickly changed the subject <laughs> so <laughs> he would stop realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, they almost got caught by irving berlin
1: wow oh it's just so funny wow. um, i mean barely disguised though the song is essentially the same concept
0: yeah make them fun. laugh
1: and donald o'connor is acting like a clown and i can't be, believe be you never clown. looked this
0: up and you just actually thought this how many people who aren't 90 actually <laughs> listened to sing in the rain and got mad at the song hold on when we say we're gonna do this podcast and we were going to talk about Singing in the Rain today. Did you think, oh, I can finally release this incredibly hot original take of mine?
1: You know what? I have to admit, I didn't even think of it because I was so wrapped up and trying to go, man, why has this got a dance number in this movie? What's going on? <laughs> there were so many other things I was thinking about. I was thinking about my fresh takes, not my my crusty old takes from my childhood.
0: The only time I've ever like felt how you felt, but I think yours is way cooler, is when um, Stay With Me by Sam Smith came out.
1: Oh, what's it, what's that a ripoff of? It's <gasps>
0: ripping off the Tom Petty song, um, Won't Back Down.
1: Oh, You're so and right, I Danny. Won't back, back down.
0: down. Darling, stay. stay with me.
1: Oh, no. <gasps> when that came
0: out, I was so mad. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So Guy right, I think I think they settled that though like I think it's a thing now like I'm pretty sure if I Google it right now.
1: Oh, it was brought to the courts.
0: I'm pretty sure if I go to Sam Smith stay with me on Google right now, Tom Petty is now one of the songwriters or like they added his thing I don't oh, know wow. like I think it's a thing like I but I was wait, I was like, surely I'm not the only one who hears this, right? Um yeah, so now on Wikipedia, if you go to the songwriters, they have Tom Petty there and Jeff Lynn from Electric Light Orchestra, who helped co write a lot of Tom Petty's songs, so Wow. Something to think about. Um, okay. Uh I got one great thing was that I got to watch this um with Tina, my fiance. We've been engaged since we last did an episode.
1: I'm betrothed. Daddy <laughs> yes, you all Thank blessed. you, thank
0: you. We're old souls here, so we're our betrothed and not fiances. We're betrothed. <laughs> thank you Thank you. Thank you. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you have a better word for betrothed, um, And we were watching, so I got to get like her commentary while we were watching, as she was like, experiencing all these things for the first time. And uh, as soon as Debbie Reynolds appears on screen. Tina just said, let me read the quote. I wrote it down. <laughs> she wrote she said.
1: Your betrothed wrote.
0: My betrothed. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's so cute. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> she was so excited about how cute Debbie Reynolds is. Given I think they filmed this when she was like eighteen or nineteen and Gene Kelly's like forty two yeah. or something.
1: It, it is an unbelievable romance to me. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> it's and it's they, a part of the uh, film did, I don't buy.
0: <laughs> they did not get along, so oh. it's like a thing. Like Gene Kelly was forced to cast her; uh she had no dancing experience. Yeah, she was an actor but did not dance, and apparently was he was just the absolute worst to her. Like made her cry all the time. Man. And well, then yeah, would yell at known Donald.
1: Perfectionist. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, it, I'm going to read a quote from that Donald O'Connor interview with Roger Ebert that kind of kind of takes it from mean to, uh, like, gross. But Uh-oh. Donald O'Connor said, she came to me and she said, Donald, it's been very difficult for me to do this picture because it's overwhelming. And we did the scene where she kisses Gene Kelly and she told me, I don't know how to handle this, but he's been sticking his tongue down my throat. And then the transcript says, in parentheses, crowd shrieks and applauds. Who's applauding?
1: Oh, no. Who in the crowd
0: applauded that?
1: Weird interview audience. Oh, gross. You're right. This did get gross.
0: Yeah. uh, Listen, most of the people we admire are not that great, probably. Especially when they're from 100 years ago. (laughs) It's a very weird time. Um, And... We love this movie and we will continue talking about it, but we will acknowledge the bad parts because that's what we should do. That, that, that right. is that's what the only way to be fair. Do. That's okay. the only way oh, to be of fair. Of
1: course. And I have to say, I'm, I'm having a, you're witnessing some earth shattering moments for me here today, Danny. Because sorry, I'm really I, sorry. <laughs> how could you? Um, <laughs> I, I was very aware that he was a bit of a drill sergeant and he was a perfectionist. Um, but I thought it was one of those cases where they're like, he's brutal, but we respect him. But it sounds like he was just kind of uh, bad, a, bit of a monster. Yeah, he sounds kind of bad.
0: <laughs> I will say it kind of added up to me because Tina and I kept commenting on the kissing in this movie. Because we were always like, these were really weird kisses. Yeah. Uh, however, they did make up by the end. And Debbie Reynolds uh, said that he was the most exciting director I've ever worked for and um he mm. she said every so often he would yell at me and make me cry but it took a lot of patience for him to work with someone who had never danced before
1: mm. that's that's mm. kind of her very kind <laughs> of her <laughs> uh, there's a
0: story uh where uh, she said to the sunday express in 2013 my feet were bleeding from all that dancing and when i pointed it out gene kelly would say clean it up He was very sentimental like that. (laughs) She also once said that the two hardest things I ever did in my life were childbirth and singing in the rain. Wow. And I have to be very grateful that she went through with both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Since She gave great things to the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we haven't said this yet. Uh, Her daughter is Carrie Fisher, the princess from Star Wars. We brought up Star Wars and I didn't even pivot to Carrie Fisher. Let me ask you something, Speedy. When you were watching this movie, were you like – oh, yeah, she kind of looks like Carrie Fisher.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, In they fact, don't look alike at all. In fact, as right? a kid,
1: I was shocked to find out that they were related because <laughs> I had grown up with Debbie Reynolds. Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. was then later for me when mm-hmm. I got into modern movies like Star Wars. <laughs> and then I was informed of their their relationship, and I said, what? And I screamed. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds
0: is like a little button.
1: <laughs> she is. She's a little button. And, and Carrie Fisher is, is like a... A strong go-getter like a um i don't know how to put a word to it she's like a tough broad you know
0: when she plays the princess (laughs) it's definitely a much different character that was written for her yes thank you than kathy selden Um, i I
1: should not speak as if carrie fisher is princess leia but that is how i understand
0: it's hard to differentiate them um but i will say to counter your point that when Gene Kelly later praised her, because he said he felt bad for how much how mean he was to her, like he he said he regretted it. Oh, okay. He said that she was quote strong as an ox. Oh, so clearly, I see Reynolds tough.
1: Yeah, the Reynolds are tough ladies. Oxen, should, oxen should, should women.
0: <laughs> Do you think <laughs> when I read my vows, when I get married to my betrothed, I should say, Tina, you are strong as an ox. <laughs> would that be romantic if I compared her to cattle would that be good is yeah, that yeah, I how think you so. flatter somebody
1: I think so I think it demonstrates that you really see her worth that she could carry a bundle of sticks on her back if you guys were trapped in the woods
0: <laughs> you would plow so well if we moved out to the country I love you um, there's also a story of Demi Reynolds like, cause she was crying so much on set that one time she hid under a piano, and that oh. Fred Astaire found her and came and gave her some dance coaching and told her that she was doing a good job.
1: Oh. isn't that sweet? That is so sweet. Yeah.
0: Is, he is Fred nice.
1: Astaire just like the nice version of Gene Kelly? Is he? They like are certainly good opposites
0: and would eventually host That's Entertainment movies together. And it was always like Fred Astaire is like the graceful dancer, and Gene Kelly is like this acrobat stunt double dude who would just climb stuff and dance and be weird um oh okay re- i'm reading too many facts but getting your reaction is kind of making it worth it um
1: well shucks
0: okay i don't know if you also had this feeling because i also so the the, the the climax of the movie i guess is this whole thing where debbie reynolds's character kathy Seldon, is is singing for Gene Hagen's character, Lita Lamont mm-hmm. And then they pull back the curtain Blah, blah um, But when she's singing, would you You know hey, Hold me in his arms Would you Would, you? would, would you? you When Debbie Reynolds does that She is also lip singing Oh It's somebody else's voice It's this woman, uh, Betty Noyes So Really? Uh, gene hagan is lip singing debbie reynolds lip singing of somebody else so there's a three-part lip sync going on there so
1: oh dang
0: now she is singing like good morning and stuff like that but that song particular and i think there's a line of dialogue that gene hagan says and it's actually gene hagan's real voice her not high-pitched voice oh so that movie actually oh my gosh—it talk- has somebody <laughs> lip-syncing from somebody else, but that person in the movie is lip-syncing from somebody else behind her movie. This movie is meta as crap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Again,
1: mind-blowing moments. Hmm. Things I did not know.
0: But this movie is so meta in how it makes fun of movies. Like most of the movie, and Tina turned to me at one point, yeah. she's like, is this movie just mocking movies? And I was like, in a way it is mocking uh, how hypocritical Hollywood is. So I kind of liked they did that. I don't... Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't because they wanted to be thematically like, see, we're even making fun of the movies because we're so meta in 1952. We're really in. We're like Rick and Morty, you see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> making fun of you while we're doing a plot. Um, but it does work for how this movie's making fun of movies. But I would... I, I don't... Because I was sitting there and I was like, okay, well, that's not debbie reynolds voice like that doesn't sound like her in that would you song it's like a way deeper voice so i was like do they not think that people at home i guess we didn't have dvds yet so they didn't think anyone would rewind so i guess they were like oh no one will have time to rewind it'd be like that's not debbie reynolds voice but i just don't understand how they could just be like no one will figure this out we'll just change voices halfway through a movie for a character how do they like i right. we've been listening to her talk the whole movie
1: <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it's... <laughs> Again, you're helping me unpack things that I didn't even consciously bring to the surface, but I did have the thought at one point, like, hmm, if if the point is that Debbie's character is supposed to have this uh, voice that contrasts with Lena's, why would they cast someone who has a, a high, springy voice? Um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, that's... Sounds deep, but I guess maybe when she puts on her singing voice, she's able to make it go deeper and not sound like her. Exactly. You're, like, rationalizing (laughs) it in your head. I did the same
0: thing. I was like, oh, I guess her voice is deeper than I remembered 10 minutes ago. Yes, 10 minutes Um, ago. (laughs) So let's talk about Gene Hagen because this movie was only nominated for two Oscars at the 25th Academy Awards.
1: Wow. Which tells you how old
0: the Oscars are. Goodness. This movie came out in fifty two.
1: Oh, oh, don't say 52 with a face like that. My father's from 1952. Don't make him feel like an old man, Danny.
0: My dad's born in 53, so...
1: Oh, okay. All right, so it's
0: fine. I I guess you have superiority in terms of who has older parents. Damn you!
1: (laughs) At least I have that leg to stand on.
0: (laughs) So it was only nominated for Best Scoring of a Musical Picture, which obviously is a much different category now. Um... And Gene Hagen. She's the only actor nominated in this movie. Wow! And I started off being mad about that, but by the end of the movie, I'm just like, she steals every scene she's in. Like she's so funny in this movie.
1: She is. She Everything is. she
0: does, it like it. Listen, comedies from ten years ago aren't funny anymore. If I watch The Hangover now, I'm like, this is just offensive. I don't really find this funny. This is just outlandish words they're saying really confidently because they shouldn't be saying them whereas this movie it's 70 years ago and legitimately I've never laughed harder than when they're yelling at her about not talking to the microphone and she says well I can't make love to a bush (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: leaving Lamont eight people (laughs) oh yeah And she manages to do it, uh, I don't know how to put words to this, Danny, in a way where you legitimately love and enjoy her instead of just being like, ah, she's putting on this annoying voice and it's bad. That's a very hard role to nail and have it not just be bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Tina and I were watching, we were just like, you know, I kind of feel for her, like her whole industry just changed, everybody's... Not letting her talk and making fun of her voice, like they could just like let her be herself, and instead they're like the whole premise is that no one could possibly handle her handle her authentic self. Um, yeah. so we were kind of like, well, I kind of feel bad for her too. I mean, obviously she does something mean to Debbie Reynolds' character, but I understand where she's coming from, which is why I can laugh when the studio exec's like, you can't ruin Kathy Selden's career. People don't do that. And she's like
1: leave People. <laughs> I can't. Oh, yes, of course, the classic. I can't stand them.
0: I, I, I can't. I can't. Round, round.
1: <laughs> I can't stand them. I can't. Man, so good. And, yeah, and, and there was a piece of me on this watch where I went, hmm. I guess it's a little bit cruel that the whole movie rests upon, yeah, just making her having a fun bad voice. of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at least it is couched in this over-the-top look at, at Hollywood and what the standards were. Like, at least everything was over the top, which made me feel a little better about it. You know, it's not yeah. saying by normal people's standards we must hate her. They They really right. played up the glitz and the glamour and gene kelly's dramatic backstory and he's hamming it up as like this uh, dignity
0: always yeah yes dignity (laughs) and he's saying i came from the finest schools and they're showing video of him like playing in a random bar at 10 years old tap dancing for money and kind of like i respect the movie when we got to that part because i was like this movie's like smart it's making fun of hollywood and it's only 1952 and this movie takes place in the late 20s and you're already like like, oh, Hollywood kind of has always been like this? Like, I kind of respect that this movie is poking fun at itself. Like I respect yeah. that. It, it definitely, it shields itself from history because they're being like, no, we're making fun of it. You see?
1: Exactly. It kind of <laughs> gives itself a, a get-out-of-jail-free card in that way. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can I ask you a question? No. This is... Yes. This, this includes <laughs> Sing in the Rain, but it's more of like a all-encapsulating thing I've always wondered since childbirth and... Cause I came out of the womb thinking about this and <laughs> I knew I'd host this podcast one day and I want to, I have never really asked anybody this. So I'm going to ask you, I've never, I've never brought this up to anybody before.
1: I'm feeling deeply touched already.
0: Okay. In musicals, do they know they're singing? Mm. So like, Are, In their heads, are they still talking but the presentation to us is they're singing but they're really conversing for them or is Ooh. in 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 each world of a musical is it just acceptable to break out in song and to suddenly have a backing track come out of nowhere and there's an orchestra behind you and you can just sing
1: interesting because I'm after good I have I, I have after strong opinions morning, that blurting out. <laughs>
0: after a good morning, they all fall on the couch together and start laughing. Yeah. So it's like, do they know they're singing? Yeah. What's says
1: I, you? yeah, I say that it really depends on the number. And I think that the answer is not gonna be consistent even within the same film, you know, like Good I Morning, agree. yeah. They they fall. They're all singers. On the couch. Yeah, it, of course yeah.
0: they would break out in song in their world. They're
1: all professional singers, right? And and they're having lots of fun copying different musical styles and they're dancing the the cha cha. You know, right. they're they're running around dancing, singing, having a good time. I believe that they know, um, but in other cases, I think that it's very much a departure from reality. And the musical number, or the dance number represents what they are feeling, you know, in a way that a normal conversation couldn't encapsulate and serve up to the viewer, you know, like any given love song, you know, isn't, a, isn't a real serenade all the time. It's just trying to capture what, what love feels like. So yes, I feel it, it varies very much.
0: This is a great podcast episode idea. Speedy and Danny deciding if a movie knows they're singing or not. Because, like, Sound <laughs> of Music, know. I think she knows she's singing because she's literally teaching them how to sing. It's Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol La, Ti, Do. When yes. you hear the notes, you know, she's literally teaching them how to sing. So, like, they know they're in a musical at that point. But, right. like, West Side Story, they're not like, Tonight, tonight, somebody right. will be murdered tonight. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a knife and stab a guy. <laughs> So I I don't think they, (laughs) yeah. So I will sing. I want to tap dance because I'm murdering somebody. I just don't (laughs) see that them singing about that, uh, in early '60s New York. But like, yeah, this movie, they definitely know they're singing. It's just very interesting. Like when musicals, I've always been like, are they they talking in their heads, or are (laughs) they singing out loud, and that's normal there?
1: Right, right. Yeah, like in White Christmas when they're singing the song on the train, snow, 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 snow. They know that they're singing. They're performers, and they're having a fun time on the train. Um, But um, actually, well, we don't have to talk about White Christmas, but now I'm thinking if there's any song in that movie where they're not aware. But this is a conversation for another time. I'm sorry. I've never seen White Christmas. You've never? (gasps) Danny, Danny, you've never seen White Christmas?
0: (gasps) For some weird reason, it never resonated with me.
1: Daniel, Daniel, I I wonder what that is. Do you think
0: it's my Judaism
1: it, it might be your Judaism. But all I can say, Danny, is that as a kid, there were some parts of it that never appealed to me because a lot of it is, surrounds a, a war veteran and, and things, which is deeply touching. But as a kid, I just wanted to see happy people tap dancing. So I was like, eh. But then as I grew older, oh, no, Danny, it it is so good. You must. You must. Okay, oh, right. we will
0: do that this year. We can watch it. What year did it come out? I think it's like Ooh. thirty-three, right? Um, actually, hold on, I don't White know, Christmas. I think, no, I it's not 40s. 33. It's fifty-four. Yeah. Oh, 54. Okay. All right, so we can do it in two years, <laughs> or we can do it this year. I do want to do Casablanca later this year because that came out in forty-two. So we're getting all the twos out of Ooh. the way this year. Yes, we should focus okay. on the twos. Let's talk about maybe the most famous scene in movie history. I don't know; it's in the top ten uh, when Gene Kelly dances and sings in the rain uh, I read one YouTube comment that said that uh, when the day Gene Kelly died that Peter Jennings the ABC News anchor played that entire scene straight through as an homage to him so it's a oh, thing nice. it makes people happy most people like that song like I said it came out in 1929 <laughs> um, but they finally found a way to use it right in this movie um, Speedy as far as scenes that make you joyous immediately where does this scene rank for you
1: oh Ah, uh, pr- pretty well, pretty pretty high. Oh yes, um, and I, I particularly like uh, the way that it ends, with the the police officer, and him realizing, oh, me being joyful in this way is acting out of sorts, but I also don't care. Um, I think I think that's all very nice. Um, and then he I gives the, the umbrella. What's the cop on this one? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the street, Kelly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a nice. Uh, yeah, it, it ranks very highly because it, it's nice to see a- acknowledgement that um, I don't know th- the way that you would want to express yourself if you're truly feeling that happy. Like we feel the need to restrain it, but this is him letting it out, and I think it's. Mm, I think it's that very is
0: nice. Let me ask you something. You live in Los Angeles. Do you own an umbrella? No no you don't why (laughs) why what is it about los angeles that makes you not own an umbrella (sighs)
1: because it never rains Danny. because it never rains what is this movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe if you're an old soul at gmail.com if you can speak to uh how it used to rain all the time in in the desert in los angeles in the 1920s and i just don't understand uh, our climate please let us know if you're an old soul at gmail.com yes i don't think there's a movie scene that makes me more happy than this one. It's definitely in my top five. It's just like, like you said, the sheer joy. Even just like the way he goes like do 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 like even the do do do's make me happy. Um <laughs> also I read, uh are you ready for this? Apparently okay. when they filmed it, Gene Kelly had a hundred and three fever.
1: Oh <gasps> Really? Yeah. So that's not just rain upon his brow, but also Yeah, he's just sweat. sweating <laughs> feverishly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have to say like Obviously, these are a little different, but like when I had COVID, I had like a 102 fever and I was like, I couldn't lift a toe or a toeses, if you will. Um, <laughs> I don't know how this man is tap dancing and like jumping in puddles. Like, how does he do this?
1: Yeah. yeah. This is where him being a drill sergeant when it comes to dancing um, comes back. And I, I guess I'm just glad that he's not a complete hypocrite. Like that, he would drive other people to mm. tears and bloody feet when they're not feeling up to it, but he'll do the same to himself. He has a four, four hundred degree, a one hundred and four degree fever, mm. but he'll push through that dance number. Like it, at least he's consistent, not to try to justify. The yes. the, the, the bad actions of a apparently evil man. <laughs> but, yeah, you
0: definitely you, oh. you want your genius perfectionist, uh, to at least be working extremely hard as well and he is because he's literally co-directing this movie he's so he's directing it and choreographing most of it and singing and dancing and starring in it so he's doing a lot Um, does not excuse his behavior but it can explain a little bit of it right but nothing should drive a man to stick his tongue down a woman's throat that is gross and people should know about it um okay any other things that I wanted to bring up about this movie, Speedy? Are there any things you were thinking about holding on to?
1: Um, let me see. Well, I did just write down a, a couple of, of moments that made me guffaw.
0: Okay, good, because I was going to get to that too. So good. Oh, Please cool. do that. Please do that. Oh,
1: okay. oh sure. Um, at the very beginning, they say that um, they are a household name like Bacon and Eggs. I just liked that. I thought that Wait, was Wait, did nice. they really
0: say that? <laughs> like yeah, bacon and eggs? Yeah, they're on the red eggs? carpet. Yeah. Are those names? Does that mean that there are famous people named bacon and egg?
1: Oh, I wish. I like that reality. No, <laughs> You know, but just everybody knows bacon and eggs and they
0: So originally it was just <laughs> their household items?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those aren't names. Just
1: to convey the extent of their fame. No, it's a dumb names.
0: line. Continue.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, all, all mine are just little tiny things that that for some reason just really tickled me. Um, again, at the beginning, when um, the car gets a flat tire, I think Don, I think it's Donald O'Connor that says like, "I don't understand it. This car hasn't given me a lick of trouble in six hours." <laughs> six hours.
0: <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, I wrote that down too. I love that line. um many yours, Danny? Oh, I have so many. Uh, they're like sometimes nitpicks mostly nitpicks um i love how the movie executive is really empathetic oh (laughs) he's like a super down-to-earth guy oh yeah. yeah you know he's like whatever you say like they literally like at the end of good morning gene kelly is like that's it the dancing or the dueling cavalier will be a musical can you imagine being a studio executive and your actor calls you, hey, this movie comes out in six weeks. We're going to change the entire thing. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Don Lockwood. Jerry, it's a musical now. That's a quick transition. We don't have to reshoot anything.
1: <laughs> and invest in a whole bunch of new equipment because yeah, this like, is a, a technological revolution.
0: So that was funny. Um, I love that a 1920s microphone is apparently picking up a heartbeat. Alina Lamont's <laughs> microphone. Apparently, I read online, I don't know if this is true, that that was actually based off, it happened to Debbie Reynolds during the movie. That they oh, put a really? microphone in her chest and it picked up in her heartbeat. But
1: Oh, goodness.
0: it doesn't mean 1920s microphone would do it. Because <laughs> I don't even know if my, well, hold on, hold on, All right, everyone. Everyone at home, we're going to have a sonic experience. I am going to put... The podcast mic to my chest and because <gasps> I'm, I'm assuming that my microphone is more powerful than what they were using 70 years ago or in theory 100 years ago so i'm going to put it to my chest okay. and then speedy is going to tell me if you can hear my heartbeat and then everyone right. home if you're if you're an old soul at gmail.com if you hear my heartbeat thank you okay i'm removing um my filter okay
1: oh yes your pop filter
0: My pop filter that is it. okay and now i'm speedy i'm sorry you have to see me with my shirt off or <laughs> Try to like, you know what, it's okay it's, it's
1: it's it's all part of the job <laughs> it's in <your> contract,
0: <laughs> it's in your contract kid okay <laughs> all right and i'm putting my sweatshirt over the With microphone Mike?
1: you know what i i will respectfully avert my eyes how about that there we go okay. oh no you're okay. already clothed okay the, po- the podcast mic well. is
0: now in my chest and i will hold it to my heart
1: <laughs> all right i will go silent Dude, I can't anything. tell if I'm making it up. Part of me feels like I hear something, but I might be inventing it.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me breathe in and out like a stethoscope.
1: Well, no, I just hear you breathe. <laughs> wait, wait, maybe we need to get your heart rate up. Danny, think about it. Do some Debbie jumping jacks. <laughs> hold
0: on, all right. Even though this will ruin the levels that I have done, I'm going to turn up the game because we're almost done with this podcast. Okay,
1: okay. And what so once, once probably you sound quit- really loud. Once you put the the mic back to your chest, Danny, I want you to think about the moment that you got down on one knee, and you <laughs> pledged your love to your steady gal.
0: Okay, do your heartbeat.
1: Danny, I think you might be dead. Oh, it's Nothing too bad. there. Nothing there, this, buddy.
0: <laughs> has this been an episode of MythBusters? Let me check my levels. Let me check my levels. Okay. Not as bad. Okay. Well, see, um, I know well,
1: nothing about technology. Do you think it's possible that they actually had super powerful microphones? And then they're like, oh, I guess we can't use lead in our microphones anymore. And
0: Oh, it uh, was, it was <laughs> a, a now um, ostracized element that they used to be using, like lead pencils.
1: <laughs> yes, that made them super powerful. That's so oh. funny. Well, I can't make love to a bush. i ate people i ate people
0: speedy any other things that you want to get to with this movie
1: oh goodness um i think just um i will say that i realize that gene kelly is a giant ham but donald o'connor is a clown um and they're two very different styles and, and we like Gene, the clown. And we like the clown. Gene <laughs> Kelly has been near and dear to my heart for so many years, and he did a great job in this movie. But really, for me, Donald O'Connor stole the show. And Debbie. Yeah, th- Donald yeah. and Debbie.
0: The two of them and Gene Hagen steal every scene they're in. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's good, because clearly Gene Kelly was not very nice to people. So I'm fine with him being yes. the fourth lead.
1: Even though it won't stop me from watching the pirate. Uh, yeah, because you're the only <laughs> person who still watches the pirate.
0: One more fun fact, can I throw at you? Oh, please. Do you know the only surviving member of the Silmas, according to Wikipedia? No. It's Rita Moreno. The Oscar-winning Get actor who out. played Anita in West Side Story. Oh. She is one of the actresses in the beginning of the movie that's like dating that really old dude
1: no kidding
0: that's rita moreno
1: that's rita moreno yeah you know Mm -hmm. what oh i saw her name on the credits and i went what's she doing there
0: (laughs) yeah i did i had
1: that thought she oh good 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 wow isn't that crazy that is crazy well good for her and and two of the the most lauded musicals of all time according to afi was it is that what you said yes
0: yes like the 16 years ago um should we end the podcast with some doo doo doos?
1: I think we should, and with a nice slow fade out. Yes, like songs used to end. While rock and
0: roll music comes underneath. Yes. Doo 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 doo. Oh, this is off to a rough start.
1: It's
0: okay. The podcast started rough, and we'll end rough. Doo 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 doo. Do be a
1: clown be a clown. All the world loves a clown. Like Donald O'Connor,
0: I can't believe you won that today.
1: This is a beautiful